This is the minute where you'll hear digital product insights from our Better Product Podcast guests in 10 minutes or less. Anna here for the minute, and we're heading back into the archives with Sarah Moskoff, founder of Winnie, a product and community for parents. As we reflected on the conversation, Christian and I pulled out some key takeaways. The importance of focus to achieve product market fit, the community's role in Winnie's growth, and how sometimes the biggest obstacle for any startup is simply patience. It's fun to get to talk to somebody who's founded a product that's on the consumer side and sort of, I don't know if I would really call it lifestyle. Um, parenting is necessarily a lifestyle, but it's something that's outside the, the office space. Number one, I think, thing that stood out to us that we should dive into right away is her whole comment about what Winnie started out as and then how they sort of pivoted to focus on one thing. It's a really different approach than we've seen from other startups. They came in and they kind of had a wide variety of features. What, what are your thoughts about that? The first thought I have is the recurring theme that you and I have seen on this show about um, the founder that is solving a problem for themselves. And that's where she started. Sarah found out something different, which was that the, the big vision that they had um, sort of got boiled down to, to one thing that was you know working really well. Of all those things that they had, childcare was the one thing that parents, that was seemed like the biggest pain that they found with parents. And so they I guess you would call it a pivot, but they already had it. So it wasn't focus. Yeah. It was like a focus. It's like they, and they didn't actually, uh, that's the thing that was probably the most interesting is they didn't cut out all the other stuff. They really just whittled down the focus to something core and then made that the emphasis of the site. Yeah, when we talk with Sarah very quickly, they went to the data and they went to see where people were finding value. So it's like their the initial like genesis came from wanting to solve these big problems. And I think that that's because of their product background. I think she talked a lot about that. You know, they both came, they both had product roles in other companies. And so they got very focused to see where were people finding value? Where were their happiest customers and decided to just focus on them? But I agree, it's it's, it's fascinating that they kept all that other content around as a way to kind of bring people in to get them to the childcare, which is really where Winnie excels. Yeah, it's like they pushed those aside and made them sort of the added reason that you stay around. You know, I think she said something like, come for the content, stay for the childcare utility, and then you like come back for the community. And the community is like derived by those, those extra features that used to be the focal point, but didn't go away. It reminds me a little bit of how Instagram started out as bourbon, which is like a four square you know, type app at first. And then they found out the things people liked the most was taking photos. So then they just honed it down to that and, and they changed their brand completely. But uh, Sarah and them, they kept the, the Winnie brand, which was good, which she had good comments on that, on why they kept that brand. It just sort of still, that's why I don't feel like it's a pivot. Everything still felt like in line with what they were trying to do. It was just a more refined focus. Yeah, having the content too seems like a great, lead gen into the product. So she talked a, a bit about how, you know, you're having issues potty training, you search, you find a forum a conversation in Winnie about potty training, you get there, you learn more about it, and then you kind of become part of the community, you find that value. Again, you're, you're in through content, you join Winnie, you might use the childcare, but you're always coming back because of the content. It's like the content is like both the entry and like the small circle, the small loop that keeps you coming back, which is so fascinating to be kind of, it, it's like, I don't know, a double-sided funnel. I don't know what the, <laughs> what the marketing wow. metaphor yeah. is for that. Well, and, and she had that insight too. I also want to touch on the other thing you just brought up. Well, there's a theme of attacking a, a problem space that's seemingly infinite. But then she started talking about how a lot of the stuff that they wanted to do was going to take time to bear out. And so she talked about 
uh, initially when they sort of made that pivot, they had to stay the course. And that's probably a little bit of an anxiety, you know, ridden moment. But um, what stood out with you about about that aspect of, of Sarah growing Winnie when they pivoted? Yeah, I mean, what, what I really thought about in that part is it must have been really hard for them just to wait. You know, they, again, they, they felt like they were doing everything right. They had all the content out and they just, it was just waiting for, for that, for them to like move up in those, those search rankings. And I, I do find it very interesting that they, you know, like she said, they, they trusted their product process. And I think that's, that's gotta be hard to sit there and wait and to wait to see those numbers and, and, and really not you know, shift any more variables. Yeah. It's like, I don't think that process alone makes good product, but I think so. It's not that we're saying that it seems like with, with Sarah and her co-founder with Winnie, they, they had a good product. It's just that it was going to take time for it to stick based off of the, the, the business model that they had, which was the content going up in search ranking. So if you have something good, then a strong process and both of them having amazing stellar product resumes were very, very confident and had faith in their process with their product and the way that they were handling, you know, feedback and tweaks that eventually with a good product and the right process, uh, the, the results would start to come. And it, it seems to have happened over time. I mean, you know, my big question would be, how do you know when you need to just pump the brakes and just wait and see, you know, the fruits of your labor or when is it time to change what you're doing? I don't know if that's a hypothetical question or one that we are going to answer because it's a really good question. It's a good question. I think with them, I, for for one, having the experience and having a really strong uh, foundation for product, which we try to give on this show when we talk to to people like a lot of these experienced product professionals talk about you know principles and you know the guiding philosophy. And so I think you know for those of you listening and wanting an answer to, to Anna's question, I think it really starts with being confident and having a methodology for how you're going to handle product so that. Uh, when you want to make these sort of uh, risky decisions, you you at least know that you don't need to keep jerking around from week to week, like changing course. Sometimes it just might take time. Thanks so much for listening to the Better Product Feed. If you haven't yet, be sure to join the community of product professionals all on a mission to build better product at, you guessed it, betterproduct.community.